Right now, Santa is making his way across the world to deliver presents to children this Christmas. Since 1955, NORAD, the North American Aerospace Defence Command, has tracked Santa Claus on his journey. And as Major General Michelle Rose explains, this year is no exception. This has been a tradition here for 65 years. It started in uh, 1955 when uh, the local Sears and Roebuck misprinted the number to call Santa. And it came right into our headquarters here at NORAD. And uh, so for 65 years, we've been tracking Santa. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of volunteers and we really enjoy doing this on Christmas Eve. If you're like us, you might be wondering how exactly it tracks Santa. Here's U.S. Air Force General Glenn D. Van Herk with the answer. NORAD uses specific capabilities to not only track Santa Claus, but each and every day, 365 days a year, to ensure North America remains safe. It starts with our North Warning System, which is a series of 47 radars that stretch across the northern portion of Canada and Alaska. These radars search for threats potentially emanating from the north. On December 24th, they track Santa Claus as he leaves the North Pole on his journey around the globe. Shortly after he leaves the North Pole, Rudolph's nose, which emanates an infrared signature, is detected by our satellites overhead, which enable us to track uh, Santa all around the globe. These satellites are in a geosynchronous orbit just over 23,000 miles above the Earth, enable us to watch the infrared signature as it tracks around the globe. As Santa Claus and Rudolph approach North America from the east, typically near Newfoundland, our fighters pick up Santa Claus. First, normally the Canadian CF-18s, uh, and then Alaskan fighters and uh, U.S. fighters such as F-15s, F-16s, and F-22s, and we ensure Santa's safe passage through North America. Why is it important to keep the tradition going? Well, it's really important that we do this mission first uh, to continue on the history that we've done, but it's also educational for the many folks that dial in, uh, not only to track Santa Claus's young kids, but we take the opportunity to talk about NORAD and what NORAD does each and every day to ensure that the folks from North America, both Canada and the United States are safe and sound each and every day. This holiday season, I'd like to thank especially our children and families that provide the foundation of support for both our military members and our civilians who enable us to do what it is we do each and every day. We'd like to say thank you, happy holidays, wish you a Merry Christmas and a happy New Year. Crispiness is one of the qualities we prize most in food and at Christmas the perfectly crispy roast potato is an absolute must. Here are some scientific tips to guide you to crunchy perfection. Broadly, there are two types of potato, waxy and floury. The waxy ones have thinner skins, a smoother texture, and they stay firmer when they're cooked. They're good for things like salads, but for roasting, you really want the floury type, which have a higher starch content. King Edward's, Morris Piper, or Russets are all good varieties to pick from. 
Potato cells are packed with starch granules which swell and burst during cooking, forming a gel. It's the gelatinized starch that forms a crispy crust on roast potato. Sam Wong is an assistant news editor at New Scientist and he breaks down why you should be boiling your potatoes to get an even crispier crust. The cells of the potato are held together by a type of sugar molecule called pectin. Boiling the potato also breaks down the pectin which helps fat get into the potato when you roast it and form a nice thick crust. You can help that even more by adding bicarbonate of soda to the water to make it alkaline. This weakens the pectin so the potato softens more quickly. About half a teaspoon is enough for two litres of water. To get a good crisp, you'll want to roast your potatoes at about 200 degrees Celsius, which is pretty hot and quite close to the smoking point of some types of oil like extra virgin olive oil. That means the flavour is going to be affected and it might taste bitter. As an alternative, use a neutral tasting oil like vegetable or sunflower, or you could use something like duck or goose fat for extra flavour. I'd also avoid adding garlic or herbs at this stage because they may burn in the hot oven. But if you want to, you can add them towards the end of cooking. Preheat your roasting tray with your chosen fat and toss your potatoes, making sure they're all covered. After about 20 or 30 minutes in the oven, give them a turn. Keep watching them closely. They should take around an hour to get brown, but the exact cooking times will depend on your oven and potatoes. Happy roasting! Still to come on the Sunday 7, Santa goes digital and we get a quick lesson on snowflakes. The big day is here and as Santa's making his way across the globe but he's reindeer, he's also been busy sending merry wishes around the world digitally. This is Alexander Barrar, the CEO, Chief Health Officer of Portable North Pole. Portable North Pole, or in short, PNP, has been out there for 15 seasons so far. I think we can say we're up to a new Christmas tradition. It's actually a platform that uh, Santa was in place with the Invengineer Elves to uh, create a platform where the, uh, all the children of the world can connect with Santa and get a personalized and magical cinematic message from Santa Claus straight from the North Pole. At PMP, how else do you help Santa deliver his Christmas messages digitally? There's also personalized calls. There's also video calls. And one thing we're strong about at Portable North Pole is innovation and new stuff. So this year, we have launched what we call the interactive gift tag. You're creating uh, your video like any other video. So you go online, you fill in the form. So what's the name of it? What is age? Where you live? Which kind of gift he's looking for? Upload also some pictures. And that's the way you create your precise message. So the one for the gift tag is the same thing. But at the end of the process, you are invited to download and print at home a gift tag and the gift tag is personalized so the photo of the kids the name of your kids also will be on it it's got you see it's come from santa and there's a qr code so on the day of christmas you will just scan with your smartphone and you will actually get the video message of santa that be recorded on the moment you drop the gift under your three and your living rooms so that's a fantastic proof of Santa being in your home and actually bringing the gift that the child was looking for. Sounds absolutely magical. If anyone listening didn't get a personal message from Santa this year, how can they change that for next year? Oh, actually, you know, we're still having plenty of time. Uh, you still have on Christmas morning because let's say for the, the, the gift tag product, you can still print and create your video and print on the Christmas morning before you give away your gift in your family, depending on your own traditions, but you can do it um, up to uh, Christmas day. So you do have time to do it. 
something important to mention if you skip the opportunity for the season there's also some birthday messages Santa is also during birthday messages for uh, any date of the of the year that anyone can use and can use it also for free as Christmas is the season of giving PMP also does their part there's almost like almost 50 children hospital across the world that were part of this program so we're happy to share you know we try to do our own share during the holiday for families or kids who have been you know unfortunately can be sick during the, during that time to get your message from Santa head to portablenorthpole.com Every year, people up and down the country dream of a white Christmas. The recent Arctic blast brought snow to many parts of the UK and Ireland. But how much do you know about these tiny icy particles? One of the things that's really interesting about snowflakes that not many people know is that every single one of them has six sides. And that's the way that the bonds, when when they freeze, they actually force the water to have a fixed side. Liquid water can move all around, you know, you can pour it and stuff like that, but snow always has six sides. That's Gail Skofernick-Jackson, a meteorologist who specializes in all things snow. As the snowflake grows, parts form off the side depending on the temperature and the water that's available within the, the atmospheric column. You start to get different parts that come out of that snowflake. And you can get these beautifully complex dendrites with just little spikes off of them. And they all are from that hard binding between the um, oxygen and the hydrogen within the water itself as it freezes. Gail is part of the Global Precipitation Measurement Project at NASA. Scientists there are able to measure and track the size, shape and distribution of snow particles. But why is NASA tracking the snow? It's important to be able to improve these numerical weather predictions and their their forecast. Right now, they're slowly moving toward making the snowflakes within these models more realistic. And GPM can do that because we are able to measure layer by layer within the storm and provide drop size distributions, not only of the rain particles, but also the snowflakes within that storm. And that allows us to put that information into numerical weather prediction to have a better estimate of these types of storms and where they're gonna have the most impact on society. Still to come on the Sunday 7, an expert delivers tips to survive the holidays and we weigh up the fake versus real Christmas tree debate. Right after this. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to The Sunday 7. Follow us for your weekday news espresso. Or maybe try our UK edition. It's all in the usual places. The holidays can be a tense time between old feuds and resentments, differing political opinions and disapproving in-laws. Family gatherings often bring out the worst in us. To help today go a little smoother, we've got some advice from an expert. Joining the show today is Lucy Blake, a developmental psychologist at the University of the West of England and author of the forthcoming book No Family is Perfect, a guide to embracing the messy reality. The holidays can be a tense time, so Lucy, why does family conflict tend to arise during the holidays? I think it's a time where families are expected to spend quite a concentrated amount of time with one another. And when family members get together like this, sometimes there isn't much opportunity for people to have personal space or it can be difficult to keep boundaries in place. So that can be quite challenging. And then on the other side, if people decide to do something different or something unexpected over the holidays, like spend some time to themselves or pursue their own interests, that can be difficult too, because sometimes people have traditions and expectations and there can be conflict when people kind of challenge those expectations or traditions and do their own thing. And what sort of emotions can come up? Over the holidays there are a number of emotions that can be quite challenging. So one of those is that of nostalgia or kind of missing people, thinking about the past, thinking about happier times, happier holidays. So that can be quite difficult. And another uh, challenging emotion is that of uh, loneliness. So for people who aren't seeing family members or don't have that option or have chosen not to do so, it might be a time where their friends or colleagues are busy with their own obligations um, and their own plans. So sometimes I think people can feel left out or like they have fewer options to socialise with people at this time of year. The other feeling that I think can come up is that of feeling inferior or different or in some way unlike everyone else around you. So that idea that everyone else is having like a very blissful, happy holiday and the family's all in matching pyjamas and everything's very warm and cosy. Whereas perhaps if you're having a, a difficult day or feeling lonely or tired or stressed or sad or disappointed, I think that can feel quite jarring and like perhaps it's only you that's feeling that way. I think it's understandable that we think like that because if you think of all the adverts that we see and the kind of themes that we see on TV and films, we do kind of think of the holidays as a time of togetherness. Um, So that can be very difficult as well if you're feeling left out of that or like you're the only one not really having that experience. Some people are also spending time apart for one reason or another. How can people healthily deal with feelings of isolation and estrangement? I think the most important thing is that people know that they are not alone. 
we know that family relationships are very complicated and that the breakdown of those relationships is not a rare thing. So we have estimates that say it might be one in three families or one in four families that are affected by family estrangement. And experiencing tension and conflict as well is also a very normal and expected part of a family relationship. So if we are feeling alone or um, upset at the idea that perhaps we're the only ones that are having this painful experience at this time of year, I think there is solace to be found in, in knowing that these experiences are much more common than we think. Um, I also think it might be helpful to turn to certain communities. So if anybody is experiencing family estrangement, it could help to reach out to a charity like Standalone. Um, and then for people with all sorts of different experiences, it could help to join um, kind of social media campaigns like hashtag join in. And that's where people can find each other on social media and perhaps feel a bit less lonely. So we've talked about conflict and loneliness. What final tips would you have for listeners who want to navigate the messy reality of family life at Christmas? Yeah, I think the most important thing is to try and be as kind to yourself as possible. Um, So family relationships are complex. They're always changing. There is no one with a perfect family out there where there is no change or challenge or pain. Um, And I think that perhaps being kind to yourself might look lots of different ways. Whatever it is that gives you any kind of feelings of peace or quietness or gentleness, um, I would recommend leaning into those kinds of activities and just remembering that the images that we see from advertisement and film and TV are not representative of family relationships. So if you are having a difficult time or experiencing challenge, you are not alone. They're the ultimate Christmas decoration and millions are bought in the UK and Ireland each year. But what impact do Christmas trees, real and artificial, have on the environment? Let's start with the natural tree. Around 7 million Christmas trees are bought in the UK and Ireland each year and roughly three quarters are being grown here. It takes up to 12 years to grow a typical Christmas tree. During this time, it has a positive impact on the environment because it absorbs carbon from the atmosphere and nitrogen from the soil. But once the tree is chopped down, it slowly starts to release emissions back into the atmosphere. Transporting a tree can also contribute to the overall carbon footprint, so buying a tree that is locally grown can help keep its carbon footprint down. But the biggest potential environmental impact for a natural Christmas tree comes from its disposal. Here's BBC's Laura Jones with the facts. If your tree ends up in landfill, its carbon footprint will be a lot higher. That's because organic matter, which decomposes away from oxygen, produces methane, a greenhouse gas which contributes to global warming. It's much better if your tree gets incinerated, burnt or composted. That can reduce its carbon footprint by up to 80% compared with landfill. You can find out from your local council what happens to your Christmas tree once you throw it out. So what about a plastic Christmas tree? Here's the biggest impact on the environment. It comes from production. Artificial trees are usually made out of a combination of metal and plastics. The production and processing of these trees can significantly increase their carbon footprint. And most artificial trees are made in China, which means they have to be packaged and shipped all the way to Europe. The good thing is you can reuse a plastic tree. 
But how many years would you have to keep it so that it has a lower environmental impact than buying a natural Christmas tree? Experts think it's about 10 years, but that's a rough estimate and it depends on a number of factors, including the size of your tree. Overall, your choice of Christmas tree actually has a relatively small impact on your annual carbon footprint. To give you a better idea, driving 12 miles in an average-sized petrol car produces as much greenhouse gas emissions as buying a natural tree, or 54 miles if that tree ends up in landfill. If you get an artificial tree, that's roughly equivalent to driving 135 miles. Of course, there are many other factors you might want to consider when buying a Christmas tree. But in terms of the environmental impact we use for artificial trees and the disposal of natural trees are just two factors you might want to keep in mind. Here's a Christmas question for you. Are Santa's reindeer male or female? Antlers usually help us tell male and female deer apart, but reindeer are an exception to the rule. So if you see an image of Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer sporting a striking set of antlers, there are a few things you need to know. According to what we know about reindeers, Rudolph is actually a female deer. We know this because on Christmas Day, Rudolph is often spotted sporting beautiful antlers. In most deer species, antlers can help us tell male and female deer apart. Generally, males have them and females don't. But reindeer are an exception. Female reindeers do have antlers. And while males shed theirs in the autumn, females keep their antlers during the winter. This is Ellen Coombs, a scientist at the Natural History Museum. After mating season in autumn, they are usually pregnant. And in the cold, snowy environments where they live, they need to protect themselves against predators and defend their territory and the small amount of food they may have found in order to survive throughout winter and give birth to a healthy fawn in spring. So when Rudolph is depicted with antlers, not only does this tell us that Rudolph was female, but also that she was expecting. This has been the Sunday 7. However you're listening, do us a favour and hit the follow button. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am with a regular Smart 7 Ireland edition. Have a great rest of the weekend. Written, produced and published by Daft Doris. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Kira from the Smart 7 Ireland edition. Just to let you know, we're pausing this podcast from Friday the 25th of August, but you can still get up to speed in just seven minutes if you search the Smart 7 and catch up with our UK edition. Thanks for listening.